Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. I still remember the days when a cookie was either something you ate or a term of endearment. In the technological world, though, a cookie is a piece of text that a web server can store on a user hard disk, which allow a website to store information on the machine and, if required, if required, used later, retrieved. It is important to know this because cookies can track our online activity. Could this information be used for sinister purposes? To explain and to answer that question, I have in studio with me Alon Berman, the Chief Digital Officer of Firewater, and Megan Tayek, PR, and um, what's that? Content, content. Content. So both of you, welcome. Thank you. You work for uh, Firewater, a digital marketing and PR company, which makes you kind of at the forefront of what is happening in our technological world. Um, should we start off with what actually is a cookie? Sure. Well, as you said, it is a piece of tech. So it's a file that a website that you're visiting will store on your browser. So that next time you visit, the idea is it will remember who you are, hopefully help you log in. It will try to remember your, your settings and a few other you know, personal uh, information that you had stored previously. So it, the idea, I suppose, would be to make your life easier next time you visit that browser. What it also gets used for is your, your bigger sites, your, your Google, your, pics, um, your Facebook. Uh, a lot of those sites will start using cookies to track your usage across multiple sites. So it's not just a relationship with you and that single site. It's now a relationship with you and Google and what they can use to track your habits and everything else. We'll touch on that a little later, I think. Um, when you, I, I have seen enable cookies. Do you, yes. ena- when you're given a choice to enable them or not, do you enable them? Yes. You, so, ha- you kind of have to in a way, don't so, you? So go first, forward, you have to enable your cookie. The first thing you do, want to trust the website that you're on. Right. So if you're going to your bank and they are going to store information, you kind of want your, your experience to be a lot easier every time you visit. You can choose to not store it. Uh, in which case the browser will forget those cookies. But next time you come in, it will be like a new session. So definitely if you're going to an internet cafe or using somebody else's computer or popping into you know, uh, you know to a machine or a device that you don't know, try avoid that. Um, there's a really nifty feature that you'll see on your browsers too called incognito. So on Chrome, if you open up an incognito tab, um, you can surf anonymously. So when you close the browser, everything's destroyed, right. which is also really cool. So w- you enable your cookies or you have cookies that are on these various machines. What happens to your data? I mean, not happens to your data. What happens to your personal information? And what kind of information do they already have? So t- as soon as a, web, uh, a user visits a web browser or a website, you are going to start sharing things like your IP address. So that will start saying... Um, you know, we're in this specific location. So from an IP address, we can tell you know, if you're from Johannesburg or even, um, you know, even smaller, like a smaller region of where, where you've actually connected to the Internet. We can tell if you, from that IP address which company you came from, for example. Hmm. Um, so there is a lot of information out there. But you're, you're, you visiting the site, um, you're certainly going to share a lot more than you're aware of. So I'll share an experience, and I know Megan's had a similar kind of experience. Um, I was by the Kruger Park. I messed up on my accommodation and found myself in Hazy View uh, Googling accommodation in the area. And for the next three days, 
every pop-up I got was of a guest uh, house, B&B, or accommodation in the Hazy View area. So what actually, how did they know I was there and what I was looking for? So firstly, it's interesting. So Google is, um, you've loaded your Google account into your device. So on your cell phone, your cell phone knows where you are geographically. You started searching where, you know, you're using Google Maps, and that's that's why it would know. Uh, you've enabled your location services, and there's a whole lot of other things that it can start tracking. But now you've started searching for accommodation. Now you could have visited specific websites, and them using the cookie can then remarket to you. So remarketing means you visited a website, you've left it. They can now start serving ads to you for the next however many days to try catch you in. Yeah, obviously, there's an interest there. So Google's got a thing called in-market segments. It means you are in, currently in the market for and you would have been flagged as accommodation. <coughs> so other companies could have also chose to send adverts to people who are interested in accommodation and are currently in this area or searching these keywords. So you could have searched Hazy View Accommodation, and Google's algorithms would then go and say, right, this device, we don't actually even need to know who you are as a person. You know, we don't need to Do know your name. Do they know who we are as people? Do they know exactly? Are we being kind of followed in a so, way? Because that's how yeah. I felt. Well, I felt a bit like my <laughs> privacy had been invaded. Hundred percent. And so, grateful at the same yes. time. So, yeah, I mean that in itself is an interesting debate. But definitely, they know who you are because you logged in with your device, which has got a username and password. They're more interested in your behaviours than they are in actually who you are. So, as I said, in market segments, you're interested in accommodation and these specific keywords. They want to sell ads to. So it's not nefarious. No. Can it be? Yes. Okay. <laughs> How? So, well, you obviously, you're trusting, you know, whoever's account you logged in with, um, with your information and, and your personal identity. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's. Uh, and how can somebody use it for bad bad purposes? I'm not suggesting you give ideas now, but yeah. just for, so we can protect ourselves. And So, your. Your personal information um, and all your habits and everything else you're doing, they're obviously selling them for, you know, they're, they're using it for the advertising revenue model. What's probably the bad side of it is we all know that the Internet is massive. You can't simply hit a web page on a small little device and see everything at once. And where you kind of been, I suppose, the blinkers have been put on and you've kind of been sheepishly led down this road is Google and Facebook and those guys are in control of the information that you are served up. So they're kind of guiding your journey to make sure that you stay online, that you're more engaged, that you're clicking on their advertisers, that you kind of, you know, it's going through their little realm of, of the Internet. Where that leads to, you know, obviously they can manipulate it. But it's not personal danger. It's not, we're not talking about the dark web or... So, again, you know, it's anyone with, you know, as soon as you input information into a browser, you may trust the site you're on. You don't know what's sitting between you and, uh, or between your browser and the actual website you're going on. So, yes, you know, there's a whole world of malware and all these sinister things that, that can happen with guys trying to steal passwords. With a stolen password, you know, there's obviously they're accessing your account, but there's a good chance you use your password somewhere else on another site. So they can try your password somewhere else. One of the uh, interesting recent scam was, uh, I don't know if you came across sextortion. So it's 
it's probably about two months ago, a whole flurry of people phoning me or messaging me saying, uh, just received an email in the t- in the subject, one of their passwords. And, this, and the, the email goes on to say, you know, we know what you've been doing online and uh, we've been visiting all these dodgy websites and we're going to release a video of you because we ac- accessed your, your camera and everything else. But meanwhile, what it is, the guys are just fishing. They're taking their chance. Wow. Um, from a database that could have been 10 years old, but a lot of people don't change their passwords. Wow. So if I presented you with your password that I'd managed to hack somewhere um, and said, you know, if you don't pay me however many Bitcoin, I'm going to release this, wow. you know, people think the what they've been doing online is is private, and all of a sudden they start thinking back going, jeez, you know, there was that one banner I did click on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you watch the sweat fall. Yeah. Um, okay. Alon, when we are, we are always, most of us, on some form of um, technological device and we're browsing. We're on Google, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We're also sharing. We're sharing. We're sharing. So, we, as I said earlier, your device knows where you are. Right. So, even if you switch it off, uh, I believe with iPhone, even when you switch off your Wi-Fi, it still tracks where you are and it still looks out for Wi-Fi networks. Um, if you're taking photos, if you're taking photos of people, there's facial recognition. If you're sharing that into social media, mm-hmm. even though someone goes, I'm not on social media, their face has been picked up somewhere along the line because you were in a group of friends and this face has been picked up. So that even, as I said earlier, it doesn't matter exactly who you are. Um, they start trying to understand behaviors. And at some stage, if you do sign up to a profile, they've already got all this history. And, you know. and in terms of data, who's paying for the data? How does the data work? Um, so the data is in the information of uh, that they've built up of you. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I mean, let's, let's just put something out there. A few years ago, WhatsApp was sold for $19 billion. I mean, that's just unheard of. For a company that at the time had no revenue, they've always stated we will never sell our service. You know, there's, there's some value there. And what that was was the 300 million subscribers um, who've, given WhatsApp access to their contacts. Now, I've never met you in person. Uh, We'll do a little experiment later, and maybe I'll add you to my contacts and send you a WhatsApp message and just say, hey, how are you doing? Um, There's a good chance in a few hours' time I sit on Facebook, it goes suggested friends, and all of a sudden you appear. Even if we didn't have an engagement, um, the mere fact that we all in the same building or the same, you know, a lot of people go to the club together, and next morning they're suggesting friends. Um, because of those location services, that data is important to to these guys like Facebook and everyone else. So the reason why it's important is they can start predicting behaviors. So what you know, you needed accommodation. That was quite an obvious one. So let's you know let's serve you accommodation ads. If you had come back and you'd been searching for jobs, you know you'll see your inbox. Well, not your inbox. I mean, I suppose if you run Gmail, you'll see the ads at the top. Again, reading the contents of your emails. So it has to be relevant to you as, and, and your behaviors. So in terms of prices, I've heard that a person's records could be worth tens if not thousands of dollars. Um, you know, it's, they can, that information, it's not, it's not there to steal your identity. It's to find opportunities to, you know, predict your behaviors. So... Yes, no, uh, carry on. So, it's, I mean, it all kind of falls into that big data. So if I've only got information on a handful of people, I can't really start building these prediction models. But if I've got 
100 million people and we can start understanding bigger uh, things that can give me uh, the, the, the bigger behaviors, we can start predicting who's kind of going to do what. And if it gives me a 10% uh, edge, on my, yeah. edge over my competitor, well, it's, you know, it's a money game. We, we're making money. So ultimately it's all marketing. Yes, well, it's sales, sales as well. Sales marketing. Okay, so we're going to take a break. And having now kind of established that there's a very real world of um, data sharing out there, we're going to look at how we can protect ourselves. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I'm talking to Alon Berman, the Chief Digital Officer of Firewater, and Megan Tayak, the PR and content person of Fire, uh, Firewater, which is a digital marketing and PR company. Alon, you are explaining um, how everything you do kind of allows somebody or something or marketers out there to, to learn more about you and predict your patterns. Mm. Does it matter? Well, that's... You, you're not going to get away from digital, right. and as soon as you enter the realm, it's you know. It's, I suppose you, you are fair game. People are trying to do, you know, they they, they will always try to sell you things. Um, they're always the dodgy kind of guys out there who will, you know, try to sell deeper information, your credit card numbers, and everything else. But you know, it's, I, I well for me myself, I definitely can't get away from a digital world. Right. I'm certainly. It's important to be aware of what's there, who you're sharing information with. Um, you always jump through and you start. You install a new app or visit a website. You just click on the I accept T's and C's. None of us really read it. Um, I'm sure less than 0.01% of people do. And, you know, it's, if you want to participate, you know, we, we, we're social animals. We, we want to be a part of, you know, oh, have you seen this next best thing? You know, you know it's... My dad wants to see my photos. Well, dad, go to Facebook. Oh, geez, what's Facebook? Oh, he needs to sign up. And, you know, so I suppose it's peer pressure. You you want to be part of the social animal. Um, You're going to join. So what's important is, you know, when people are reaching out to contact you to make friends, that you kind of are a lot more uh, vigilant about this, you know, do things make sense? You know, it's a friend you haven't seen for a hundred years. Well, do you really want to be mates with them? Um, you know, it's, or someone's already a, a friend with you, and all of a sudden the same person with a very similar photo is trying to reach out to be friends again. Um, that could be a little warning sign. You know, pick up the phone, send your friend a message, and say, "Hey, is this really you?" Um, you know, just just be careful uh, and tread. Yeah, it's things. Think, <laughs> Things are quite, um, they can get quite technical, but just usually be cautious, reach out. You know, it's, even myself, uh, I'm very suspicious of a lot of things that come through via email, things that are served to me in terms of ads, um, and just things that you see on web. So be cautious, rather ask somebody first before you just click around anonymously. I think we do trust our sites. And uh, rightly or wrongly, you know, every time I go, I mean, you, you cannot live without a digital world. You cannot, you know, not Google information all the time. I mean, to imagine that we want to use the library and spend hours and hours, you know, searching for a piece of information, which is so readily available, and it's impossible not to use it. So once you're on the site, are there things you should look out for? I mean, I know there's always that little advert of a hairy man who's, you know, become a millionaire overnight. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> so we, we refer to that as clickbait. Um, 
they're, they're written in a really good, enticing manner that you want to click and you want to find out. You you want to know how this guy's driving this <laughs> gold Rolls Royce and he's only 18 years old. Um, you know, it's again, just step back, look at it, and go. I don't know if I'm too comfortable about that. So is this something that you know? I mean, they actually do say advertorial on top. I have noticed yes. that that there is a tiny little thing that says advertorial on, on top. So, are you suggesting just be aware? Are you suggesting that someone like yourself and Megan go into schools and teach kids to be a little bit more um, savvy than what they are? Certainly. Uh, you know, it's we do we do marketing for companies. You know, you could have a, a one man band come in and. We can build them a website that makes them look like this massive corporate company. You know, it's when you're visiting a website, just remember that the company who's selling, trying to sell you something, has actually put everything out there. You know, there's unless you go to their physical premises and actually see for yourself and actually know, um, it is quite hard. So just you know, always take everything with a bucket of salt, yeah. um, <laughs> and be cautious. Uh, it's you know, do your research. Go, you know, if you're on a website, go Google that website address and ask, you know, try to find reviews, see what other people are saying. Remember, the internet's very, it's it's user generated content, which means people jumping in, you can write a blog, mm. there's no real fact checking. No. Um, you know, in the days we used to have Britannica, you kind of assumed that their researchers and their teams were generating really good content. Um, they're They're making a comeback again. Because the alternative <laughs> is kids go to school and we all jump on Wikipedia, community, you know, community moderated. You know, 10 people can all decide, no, this is the way things actually happened in history. And, you know, the next minute the kids are using that for their school projects. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's where Britannica is making a comeback. They're now selling a subscription model where you can now access their information, which is researched and accurate so uh, are there any contact details you'd like to give out for anybody wanting to learn more or need advice or help uh sure i mean you can follow us on twitter after all that i'm not sure i'm going to be speaking <laughs> on, I'm, I'm on yes on twitter so yes. if you want to write me a letter um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so very much your yeah, twitter at alon berman uh, or at fwi for firewater as well as just visit us on firewater.net. Um, or if you see me around, stop me. I'm a friendly guy. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody knows what you look like exactly because that's the way it is now. You can just uh, Google image. Uh, no, that's, why Berman a, and <laughs> that's why I did a radio interview, not a TV interview. <laughs> well, thank you both, Megan and thank Alon, you. for coming in and sharing. Uh, it's very important it. to know. We know you know, some things are obvious that we're sharing, but some things, some things are a lot less. So to all my listeners out there, thank you so much for joining me. If there's anything you'd like um, to comment on, you're welcome to email me at Reese at SAJBD. Thank you to Evelyn and Craig for producing.